Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. Welcome to Side Action Podcast, episode 77. That sounds right. Yeah. We're episode 8, by the way. I screwed up last week in season 3. Uh, my name is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Eggs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Instagram or Twitter. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a. Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. So, Action, uh, we took it a little, little tough week again for, for the Side Action Pod, but... Personally, I did great. I was three and zero again. I mean, I'm I'm kind of doing good on my personal bets. We just got to translate that into picks. Nice. Yeah, I had an equally nice weekend, both Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. Really crushed it. And uh, I guess I don't know what to say about our picks. We'll get into the games. We lost yeah. the coin flip, a coin flip at the Browns, and right. then uh, I think it's safe to say that the Bears were the wrong side on Monday night. So yeah, the Bears sucked it. Uh, it was a tough one. It was a tough one, but um, I don't know what can you say. We'll do better. We'll do better. Um, yeah. You can, you may some of you who are watching uh, the podcast, you can see I'm in a different studio. I'm in the I'm in the Milo studio uh, on diversity near near the Four Shadows. I guess I should have asked the Four Shadows guys if I could tape there today, but um. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, I was over there. Yes, last night, as you know, Chicago is locking down again uh, as of tomorrow. So tonight is the last night if you want to get out and get to a bar because uh, it's it's all closing down tomorrow. And, you know, literally you can't do indoor dining as of tomorrow. So it's it's a bummer, major bummer by JB, the, the governor. In general, I support the, the efforts that they've made, but I think this is clearly just trying to lock down for Halloween, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's a big time action. It's a good time in Chicago. Interesting move. I hadn't really considered that. That sounds very fishy. Yeah, it is. It's it's political, too. I've heard a lot of I talked at length with a gentleman at the bar last night at the Four Shadows. He had a whole, you know, idea that it was for political reasons to kind of send a last message or something. Huh. Either way, single guys like me, you know, what am I going to do? I'm be sitting around on Halloween at home. There's there's talk of maybe, you know, doing maybe a little little post game after the Shockers game, maybe at Rinaldi's Outdoors supposed to be 55 degrees but mm. we'll see how it goes hopefully we can at least do that to enjoy the the festivities yeah at the climbing gym here in michigan they're doing a headlamp lights out climbing with Halloween costumes on saturday so that sounds cool that's yeah. awesome have you ever done that before i've never done it no okay well, first, we'll see yeah yeah first time for everything i guess um outside of that uh we you know the shockers update everybody wants the shockers update forfeit last week you know oh. apparently the other team is a bunch of college kids and there was a covid scare so they all just decided to get tested and not come to the game and <laughs> so they didn't inform the one guy who showed up he was there he just had heard via text late that they weren't going to come so we all showed up there and promptly went to the bar because there was nothing to nothing to do we won 99 to nothing is the what a way to find out that your teammates have a COVID scare. Yeah, he was no like an indie guy. I kind of feel bad for him. He was like there. He's like warming up, taping up his fingers, doing sprints. 
kind of like kind of like me, but he definitely you know younger version, I guess. And uh, he was an indie guy and joined the team late, so he doesn't know them well. I see. And so he he definitely isn't getting the information. It would have been nice to let the league know, so then yeah. we would have been able to, you know, get along with our afternoon. But sure. I still had a good time. That's so, a bummer. Absolutely. All right, well, let's jump into the episode. Um, nothing too exciting in the industry stuff, I don't think. Um, there was, I guess, some testing, some COVID testing with Houston, I guess, had a scare, but they were on a bye this week, so mm-hmm. it, they should be able to clear that before the next game. The only comment I made is that there was some more images floating around about Circa and their their grand opening, which I guess you, you didn't end up making it with your tux, your I- I did not make it this week. No, too much going on. Couldn't make the quick jet trip out to Vegas. Right. I saw some some pretty impressive photos um, from, I guess it was Mitch Moss from Follow the Money. Pretty impressive stuff uh, in terms of just the general sports book, not the pool where you're going to be in, the 103-degree pool. But this was this is a sports book created for, for people like us that just love to watch games and mm-hmm. looks very comfortable, looks gorgeous, and uh, looking very looking forward to checking that out at some point. Yeah, definitely. Derek Stevens, Detroit own. Derek yep. Stevens is a big sports fan, and it sounds like he went every effort above and beyond to tailor it to guys like you and I who just enjoy watching sports. So right. I'm definitely excited to check it out. I did hear, though, there was a couple of COVID scares that came across sometime today. The offensive line for the Giants was Mm. sent home today, similar to the Raiders last week. And coincidentally, they get to play the Buccaneers. So two weeks in a row that the Bucs opponent have had an offensive line COVID scare. Do you think Tom Brady is kind of meddling in the COVID (laughs) affairs of the other team? That would be funny. There's some sort of mole going around in advance of all the right. Bucks games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just gonna do it. They're like an advanced, an advanced team that goes there a week before to get everybody sick. Uh, that's interesting. I did. We don't really talk about college football here, but I, you know, it's it's in the news about Wisconsin, who yeah. obviously is. They're having their issues, including their their coach, and you know they were supposed to play Nebraska this week, and it seems like nobody. You know, Nebraska's gotten a raw deal this whole year. You know, they canceled the season, and they finally get get some good teams on the schedule. And now that team is that game's outright canceled. It wasn't even postponed, yeah. from what I've read. So, at least we're getting the team the games in NFL happening at some point. Yeah, I mean, based on the numbers I'm seeing around here in the Midwest and all of our Big Ten states, I think that the Big Ten is going to be hard pressed to get a full season in. It's likely right. they're going to be canceling a lot more than just that game. No, agreed, agreed. Uh, so hopefully we'll get the Shockers. We'll get the Shocker season in. We've got a doubleheader this week, action. We got to right. get the rest. Of, this is the last of the regular season. So. Wow. Well, let's jump into the NFL. Uh, last week, uh, our week, our recap. Um, I guess it's is it week this is week seven last week. I guess I didn't update That's this. Right. Yeah. Um, so last week, by the numbers, the uh, home teams didn't fare as good as the road teams again. Uh, so six and eight this week on the games home versus road. The favorites, man, I'm telling you, you you were right. You had a lot of underdogs in the card last week. Dogs came in nine to five against the favorites last week, so domination by the underdogs. Uh, so that's that's huge. And then it was more or less a slit again for the uh, for the unders and the overs. So I guess before we we did see that there was a big comeback last week for the, for the overs, but this week it's back to normal more or less. Six, seven, and one. There was one push out there from what I saw 
Uh, so under six, over seven, and then there was a push this week. So going in, it looks like the, the dogs are still barking across the NFL, aren't they, actually? Yeah, it seems like it's a trend that has continued throughout, especially those road dogs that are, yep. are uh, under a field goal. We talked about that last week. There was a couple more winners from that side of perspective. You had the Detroit Lions with a big win, um, which Atlanta <laughs> blew again. Um, Crazy and, game. Yeah. Uh, Gurley, obviously, with a huge mistake there. Did you see the video that came up now this week where Matt Ryan told him, not to, don't get in the end zone? He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I got you. Oh, no. Oh, and no. Well, it was interesting, though. So let's let's play that out, though. So he obviously scores, and they went for two and got it. But if he falls down and they kick the field goal, they don't cover anyway, right? Yeah. I, uh, I don't they recall. Were, they were down by one, or they were down by... I think they were down by one when they – I think the Lions had the lead. Mm-hmm. And then if he would have fallen down, they would have won by two or something. And I thought the line was two and a half or three, right? So Yeah, I think it closed a little lower than that, but it surely oh, was two okay. and a half most of the week. Yeah, okay. the closing number was a little bit lower. Strangely, yeah. every week this year you've seen big money come in on Atlanta on game day. Yep. And this is really the first week where you saw it go against them. Mm-hmm. So. There's been some buzz that perhaps there's a group that likes Detroit quite a bit more than Atlanta. Mm. Um, and interesting, even tonight, if we're recording on Thursday, you saw money mm-hmm. come in on Atlanta again. They're down to yeah. uh, plus one, one at Carolina. Oh, plus one. Interesting. Yeah. It's strange. I mean, we could talk about them a little bit in a minute, but statistically, you know, they, they aren't that bad. It's interesting. Like, when you look at against other teams that are bad, they're not terrible. Their record's terrible, but... Mm-hmm. It's just they the defense can't can't stop anybody in the fourth quarter in every single game. I mean that was just again another last second play they give up the touchdown to lose the game outright. It's just been a rough rough go for those Falcons. Um, I don't know we didn't do a lot of game game summaries from last week, but I did put in some positives here. Uh, we've got Baker Mayfield. I think I was texting you. That they needed to pull Baker after that first quarter. He was just garbage. <laughs> he was 0 for 5 with a pick, and I was I was calling for Case Keenum. I was putting it over the airways, but he must have heard me because he just went on a tear. He completed his next 22 of 23 passes. I think he had at least 18 in a row at one point. Wow. Five touchdowns, including the game-winning touchdown in the in the uh, on the sideline there. But as you mentioned. They screwed us, and it wasn't just they. It was Cody Parkey, the kicking bandit, who killed the Bears, obviously, as we've talked about a couple years ago, missing a, a, just an inconsequential extra point for the game, but big for us as we had three and a half. They win the game 37-34, but do not cover the number. Yeah, Baker was awesome. Definitely mm-hmm. the second ranked in terms of quarterback performance last week, but I must say, while we should have covered at the end, I think mm. we got to blame it on Cleveland's defense. I mean, oh, God, yeah. They let the Bengals go up and down the field, and every single time Cleveland scored, Cincinnati and Joe Burrow just brought the ball right back down and scored a touchdown of their own. And that yep. was really the one thing that I took out of that game, outside of Baker, obviously, and and the loss of OBJ. I mean, who needs OBJ? Yeah. Yeah, who needs him? I, and I, I keep watching the play. I don't really see how he tore his ACL on that play. I, I don't – I mean, just jumped on a pile there. He must have just jumped funny or something. It was a weird play, but he's out for the year. Actually, he was playing pretty good this year. I, I've dogged OBJ in the past, but no, Baker just was feeding the, feeding it around, throwing it around, slinging it around the yard. 
And you're right, Joe Burrow, and we talked about it a little bit last week initially, they've been covering numbers. You know, it's kind of weird. They haven't been playing great, but they cover. Mm-hmm. Another one that I put positives were, were the Chiefs. Obviously, the Chiefs, you know, dominated in this game against the Broncos, but it wasn't the offense necessarily. I mean, they they came out of the gates. They had a pick six. They had a kickoff return for a touchdown, and they scored in every facet possible. They won easily 43-16. to 16. But I think the Chiefs are starting to play the kind of football that we saw at the end of last year where they're playing all around good football. Yeah, I mean, this defense is playing well, and they don't really need Patrick Mahomes and the offense to carry them in every game. That was quite evident last week in the snow in Denver. And uh, right. another you know, another interesting point in this game, you saw the total crash down based on mm-hmm. that uh, pending snow report. And yep. then last minute you saw a little tick up, and I think, a lot of sharps jumped on that over late because mm. you see oftentimes in snow games where the scoring is higher than anticipated. Right, because people slip and fall and there's big plays and kind of happened in a way. I mean, the, you, know, you don't have a lot of kickoff returns in the mm. NFL anymore, but but in this case you did. True. I don't. Know, and then the negatives from last week. You know, this is <laughs> we're gonna swear off the Patriots now. Action! I can think we'll we can see. officially do that. Uh, Cam was benched in the fourth quarter and probably should have been benched earlier. Since the uh, COVID stint with you know with Cam, the pa- the Pats have lost three straight games. They've only scored an average of nine point three three points a game. And I, I don't know what's the matter because he looked so good in the first two weeks, but he's terrible and um the defense is also real bad I, I don't understand what's going on with this defense right now i see belichick yelling at guys on the sideline maybe he's i don't know maybe he's losing the voice or something to them but they're they're just not the same team that we expected at least defensively uh going forward yeah we talked about it last week we thought we could attribute that to their covid week off and inability yeah. to practice but you had to figure that with a week on and being able to prepare for San Francisco that they were going to bounce back this week. And it definitely did not happen. That was one of our three losses on the card. Yeah. That was a a clear loss. Uh, The other thing I think we probably, you know, we can talk about it later. We're probably underestimating San Francisco. They, they actually are playing much better. They had a couple, you know, they hit the skids when they were losing at home to Miami and, and everything, but they've played really well the last two weeks against the Rams and the, and, and the Patriots. So, we can talk about them later. The other negative I had, you know, and we stayed away from this game in the contest. I know I was really big on the pack, but I don't know. Texans defense, pass defense especially, is awful. Uh, this team could not stop Devontae Adams, who last time I checked, he's the only guy who could be like a Pro Bowl receiver on the whole roster. So it, it just fascinates me how you can't guard the guy. 13 yeah. catches, 196 yards, two touchdowns. And they, they Packers won easily 35-20. The score wasn't even that close. Houston's got their sixth loss, but I, I just can't trust that pass defense for the Texans. Yeah, agreed. Their defense is awful. And I think we traded some texts on Sunday that I was, for one, surprised that Houston couldn't move the ball on the other side because part of my handicap was that the Packers' defense equally stinks. And they showed right. up, only allowed 20 points in this, all in the second half to that Houston right. offense. Yeah, they're they're better than you think. I mean, I know we talked about the yardage, but I think that in a game script like this where they're up and they can just rush the passer, that's what they're set up for. Now, Zadarius Smith, I didn't think he was on my list here. 
I thought he got knocked out of that game, if I'm not mistaken. So you got to check that, check out that injury report. But, you know, if they can just rush the passer and come after you, they're going to be just fine. You know, if it's if it's a dogfight game where they've got to stand toe-to-toe against a rushing attack, I think they're going to be in trouble. Yeah. We talked a little bit about injuries already. Odell Beckham's out for the year. Uh, Kenyon Drake, we didn't talk about the Cardinals, but they um, they had an amazing comeback win against Seattle. They uh, they lose Kenyon Drake for a few weeks with his ankle, but Chase Edmond, he, he played a, a heck of a week, you know, obviously once Drake went down, and he's, he's going to step right in for that Cardinals offense. Yeah, Chase Edmonds is awesome. I think that he should be the starter ahead of Kenyon Drake. The Cardinals game was awesome. The comeback by Kyler Murray and company there in the fourth quarter, tie the game, and then go into overtime. I think that closed out a money line parlay for me, which was a nice Ooh. end to the week. But, nice work. Uh, Seattle defense uh, didn't play so well, but you gotta. I, I'll admit that I think Seattle probably should have closed out that game. A couple of first downs here or there, and it would have been a different outcome. Yeah, they should have won the game, but that defense is bad. Seattle's defense is not good. Jamal Adams make obviously makes a huge difference on the back end, but more importantly, they. I mean, they couldn't stop the running game or the passing game. It was just kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. So you know, we'll see. Another injury was Philip Lindsay. Uh, he was knocked out for Denver with a concussion. He's questionable this week. Um, we've got some more <laughs> injuries for the for the 49ers. That's you know, broken record. Debo Samuel out this week with a hamstring. Jeff Wilson out this week with an ankle. He had a huge game, by the way, against mm-hmm. the Pats. Um, Godwin's out this week for the for Tampa uh, with a finger injury, which you know he had just come back. And then Landon Collins, uh, unfortunately, that's for the um, for the Washington football team. He's out for the season with an Achilles tear. He's at you know he he is important to that team, but uh, you know they obviously played really well against against Dallas. Mm-hmm. And Washington now back in the um, division picture too after that big sure. win over the Cowboys. Hey, I mean we talked about that defense. They definitely played. I mean I should have uh, we should have stuck with that pick. Sorry, action. And this well, is probably the opportunity to mention. If- you haven't heard Antonio Brown signing with the Buccaneers. Uh, so, yes. AB is back. AB, I saw your tweet already about it. Uh, yes, he's back. Good luck with you. Good luck, Tampa. Uh, I mean, maybe you know, they, there's speculation that Brady does have a good rapport. He respects Brady, so maybe he will, you know, shut the fuck up and play. Basically, sorry, buddy, mm-hmm. but you know, he's. I think. Maybe he's on his meds. I, I think that Brown is, is a lunatic, like legitimately has mental issues. <laughs> Maybe he's got some, some medication that's got him regularized because last year was just a complete – I've never seen somebody slip so fast, not just performance-wise, just in what he was doing outside the football field. So mm-hmm. Arians is really excited about it, but to your point on the tweet, yeah, good luck with that guy. All right, week eight previews. Let's go through the card here. Uh, you know, obviously, tonight we're recording on Thursday. You know, we don't have to talk about Atlanta and Carolina. You've already mentioned the money's coming in on Atlanta again. Mm-hmm. But uh, to your point, Steady Teddy did cover against the Saints. I went against you. Sorry about that action. But um, that was a cool cover for him in that win. They they did they lost the game. I mean, the Panthers lost, but they did get the cover. So I'm assuming you probably like Carolina tonight. No, actually, I if I were going to go on this side, I think I would take the Falcons. That you, I looked at the box score from the first meeting, and Todd Gurley ran for over 120 yards, and 
that was with a healthy defensive line for the Panthers, and now they've since lost Kawan Short and Gross Matos. They're without a third defensive lineman tonight, so hmm. I fully expect Gurley to have another big game, and I think the Falcons are live for sure. Okay. You can take the Falcons. I will watch from a distance uh, tonight, <laughs> but I do have to make picks in my, my pool, so we'll see how that shakes out. I think Atlanta is going to be a contrarian pick, too. I'm going with them on the side. I got gotcha. you. Okay, this is a, you know, it's interesting that this this game is listed right away. I, I, I'm shocked this game wasn't moved to later or a Sunday night, but Pittsburgh is going to Baltimore. This is a, a gigantic matchup in the AFC North. It always is. This is the first meeting of the year. Uh, Baltimore's coming off the bye, which probably helps them out, as the Steelers did get the big win for us against the Titans last week. This game opened up as uh, Baltimore is a five-point favorite at home. It's In the contest, it's down to four. The total being opening at 48, and now it's down to 46. You know, it's tough, actually. These these teams are really good. They're both excellent football teams, two of the top five teams probably in the NFL right now. I love how the Steelers played in the first half. hated how they played in the second half. Mm-hmm. Four points seems like a lot, though, uh, even, against, even at a home situation for the Ravens. Would you back the Steelers in the spot? Yeah, I like the Steelers. I think that um, the Pittsburgh defense is set up perfectly for what this Baltimore offensive attack wants to do, and that's run mm-hmm. the football. Pittsburgh still ranked near the top of rushing efficiency on defense, number one, in fact, mm-hmm. per DVOA. And I think that they're going to try to make the Baltimore offense a little bit more one-dimensional and get Lamar Jackson into passing situations. And so far this season, Lamar Jackson has not been the same passer that he showed us last year. So right. I think that especially I was kind of surprised to see a four pop up in the contest lines. You've seen Me too. a little movement here already this week with the Steelers down to three and a half in most mm-hmm. books. And I think that we could sneak a little value back in our Steelers again. And they've been good to us. They've been good to us. Uh, the only caveat I would say is that the second half, Ben Roethlisberger was terrible, mm-hmm. and I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, he made some kind of brisky bad throws in the second half when they didn't really need to do that. It was a really interesting game. You know, we were communicating via text when we were watching the game, and you know, I had obviously Pittsburgh money line in that game. I wish I put more on it. I said in the first half, and then of course the Titans came roaring back. Especially in the fourth quarter, it seemed like they they did start wearing down that Steelers defense, mainly because they couldn't do anything on offense in the second half. Are you a little concerned about the Steelers' offense against the Ravens' defense? No, I'm not really. Uh, I mean, Baltimore definitely right up there, ranked third in Mm -hmm. defensive efficiency, so certainly going to be a tough matchup for Pittsburgh and probably the toughest that they've faced on this season to date. But Mm -hmm. I think that the... Run game has been efficient behind Connor. They didn't really get to show that much last week against Tennessee. It seemingly was odd to me that they kept dropping back and throwing the ball in the second half with that lead. Right. Um, I think that Pittsburgh could have some success on offense here, and I also think that the number is just the big factor here. Right. Seen this particular matchup lands on three seemingly every time they play, and I think that right. four uh, is a huge story. Agreed. And then what about the total? You think the 46 is the right direction? It's going down. It seems like it would be a slugfest, or do you yeah. think it? You know, yeah. You know, to be honest, I would probably look at going contrarian here and uh, going over. I think that mm-hmm. part of this move is likely due to the weather that's supposed to impact the East Coast later this weekend. I think 
you've seen a lot of these totals drop in the Midwest and East region. And I think that's part of the reason why this is going down. Both of these offenses have shown some ability to put numbers up, although Mm -hmm. both equally strong defenses. I think that this could be a sneaky overplay, personally. Okay. Good good to know. There you go, America. You're hearing it right here. Uh, The next matchup is Tennessee is going to go to Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati opened up as a four-point dog at home, 54.5-point total. In our contest, it's 5.5. With about the same total, 55 and 54 and a half. Are you going to get on board with me finally and do the Burrow train for the cover here? I mean, he's a cover machine. I'm not saying every game we've seen him get blown out against better competition. This Tennessee defense looks not that good. They kind of got lit up in the first half. I know they kind of came back to playing hard in the second. I don't know. I mean, I know you. I know your angle is usually the the running of the you know, that Cincinnati can't stop the run. They did okay against the the Browns. They couldn't stop the pass in that one. I just think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and five and a half seems like a decent number there. Yeah, I agree that we should only be looking to one side in this matchup. I definitely can't see myself getting behind Tennessee with that number on the road. And it is somewhat of a letdown spot after the big game against Pittsburgh last week. You have to assume that Tennessee is coming into this game in somewhat of a look-ahead fashion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's a division game on deck next week as well for the Titans. Okay. So um, I would look to back Cincinnati in the underdog role here. I have a little bit of concern about the offensive line injuries. I would sure. want to check in on the status of the Bengals offensive line. And they're also losing their best pass rusher, uh, Carlos Dunlap, traded to the Seahawks this week. So that's, that's true. certainly a loss on the other side of the ball. Okay. We'll keep that in mind. It's a possibility. All right, so next game, Rams are going to Miami. Uh, Rams open as a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, 47-point total. Now it's it's still three-and-a-half in the contest, pretty steady, down to 46. You know, when I look at this game statistically, Miami is the side. Here's the reason why I probably would want to stay away. Mm-hmm. It's Tua, right? Tua's getting the start. Statistically speaking, with with uh, Fitzpatrick under center, they've they've been very competitive. Obviously, they're three and three right now. They've got a really good chance to still to even take the division if they want. Crazy move to Tua. I don't agree with it. I think it might cost them in this game because I just think Aaron Donald's going to feast on the little guy in the backfield. I don't know much what your thoughts are. Yeah, I totally agree. I was really thinking that Miami would be the side here, but the mm-hmm. move to Tua is certainly an unknown. I don't think yep. any of us in the handicapping world can pr- accurately predict what Tua is going to bring this week. Right. Kind of have to expect, though, that Brian Flores and the coaching staff in Miami knows what they're doing, and they wouldn't make this move if they thought that Tua was much of a downgrade. You're right. You're right. I, I don't know. I heard somebody told me, my father, my dad doesn't listen. Dad, <laughs> this is for you. He said that, that it was a... Uh, um, a Ross move, meaning Stephen Ross, oh, he made the call from the owner. So it wasn't necessarily from the coaching staff. Um, so I'm not saying that they won't back the kid. I, I like to, uh, I, I really liked him in college. I, I like him for the future. I just don't know if this is the right move, especially I think they could definitely make the playoffs this year. But, you know, it's their franchise to, to screw up, I guess. It is an incredibly difficult schedule spot for the Rams, though, coming mm-hmm. off a tough Monday night game against Chicago. And now right. they have to travel across the country, play in the early time slot in the heat and humidity in Miami. Still somewhat True. warm this time of year. 
So, I mean, it is a smash scheduling spot, but that Tua factor is just, uh, it's tough. Right. All right, let's move on to the next one. Your Colts are going to your other team now, your your adopted team, Detroit. Uh, Indy opened as a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, 50-and-a-half-point total. Now they're at three uh, three-point favorites on the road, 50-point total in the contest here. It's an interesting spot. I, I don't really, from my numbers, this is a really dead-on point spread. I think they've done a really good job of setting it. I don't see any advantage on either side, but maybe you can talk me into Detroit again like you always do. Yeah, I definitely would like to lean to Detroit in this matchup. I think that Indianapolis is just a tough team to lay points with. We've mm-hmm. talked about that over and over again with this offense. But on the flip side, you have a Colts team that's coming off the bye, and they're definitely going to be healthier now. I'm looking yeah. at Darius Leonard. is probable. I think it's expected that um, – the left tackle, um, Costanzo, is going to be back mm-hmm. this week as well, and even Michael Pittman on the receiving core. So the Indianapolis Colts getting healthy definitely um, tips the scales a little bit in their direction. But, I mean, you saw the Detroit Lions backfield play well again last week. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift is becoming a good back. And uh, I also heard a crazy stat that the Detroit Lions are the only team in NFL I don't know, maybe in NFL history, who has yet to fumble through seven games in an NFL oh, season. Zero I need fumbles. to take a, I need, I need to take, there's got to be some action on that. I want to take the, <laughs> take the, take the action that they're going to fumble this week. Maybe. <laughs> That's crazy. Good, good stat. I like that one, action. All right, next game, New England and Buffalo. Changing of the guard, right? Buffalo is hosting New England. They opened as a three-point uh, home, home favorite, uh, 46-point total. In the contest, is three and a half points, 43-point total. This total is crashing, I can see. We've already talked about the issues with Cam at quarterback. He will start. Uh, Buffalo, to your point last week, they didn't play great against the Jets, but they did play good enough in the second half to get the win. They actually were kind of close to covering in the end. But bottom line is Buffalo, is this is their chance to take this division, come home after being on the road. I like Buffalo in this one. I don't know if I'm willing enough to take that hook in the contest, but I do definitely like them in this spot. And I know it's you know maybe a little bit bandwagon jumping, but I just think that the Patriots are really hurting right now. Yeah, I agree. I went no part of New England here. I mean, part of me, part of the old me who wants to think that go with right. New England here, it's a big division spot. This is really the season for the Patriots mm-hmm. in terms of division prospects. And, uh, Two and four. With, with a loss here, I think Buffalo will be in the driver's seat uh, with yep. Miami nipping at their heels. But uh, we thought that last week, and I know. Belichick did not have that team prepared to play. And I wonder if it's really just Cam Newton is not the answer. I think you're right. I, you know, it's funny, dog Brady, as much as you want, how he's yells at guys on the sideline or whatever, but guys played for him, you know? I think I think Edelman's missing this game because he had some sort of what quote unquote routine knee procedure. Mm, um, there's some things that I don't really like coming out of New England right now. That ultimately the coaching staff is maybe prepared the guys, but there have to be there has to be people on the field that can execute and make it happen. And you know, as a Cam Cam Newton owner in a in a fantasy league, I'm, I'm actually might be dropping this dude, uh, which is crazy to say. But I just think that it's 
it's a stay away. And, you know, three and a half, like I said, I would love the three. I would take that in the contest. Three and a half is tough, but yeah. I don't see how we could take anything but the Bills there. On the other side, the only thing that gives me pause is that Buffalo rush defense has been terrible this season. Mm-hmm. 26th ranked against the rush, and they're giving up 4.6 yards per rush. And you got to figure that New England's game plan is going to be to cram the ball down their throats. So I could see it being right. a low scoring game and a low total. Um, if it was three, I would definitely be a lot more inclined, but the hook makes it tough, no doubt. Right. All right, well, let's look at the next one. Vegas is going, the, the Raiders are going to Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland opened as a three-point dog. I'm sorry, three-point favorite at home. 55.5-point total. That has gone down to 2.5 in the contest, uh, and then 53.5-point total. Uh, you know, to me, it's interesting. Cleveland's defense looked bad last week, uh, but Vegas isn't that good. I don't know what's going on with that team. I guess you'll have to tell me how good the rush defense is, meaning Vegas' rush defense, you know, against Cleveland. But I like Cleveland in this spot. Uh, Two-and-a-half-point favorite home seems like a good number. And they've played superior talent and lost in, in the last couple of weeks with Cleveland when they play against – I'm sorry, they didn't play – the Bengals aren't superior. But, <laughs> but they usually beat the teams that they're supposed to, I guess is what I'm saying. And I think Cleveland will beat this team. Will you get on board with me with the Browns? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I heard some early week chatter for the Raiders in this spot. Really? Crazy enough. And that may have had something to do with the number. I'm seeing an opener of three and a half. That may have been in a couple of rogue spots. But quite telling that it's moved down to two and a half, even off the three, to be mm-hmm. honest. And right. it kind of gives me a little pause. But I, sure. I certainly feel like that Cleveland has the ability on offense to run all over Las Vegas. You asked right. them tell you they're ranked 29th against the run and 29th right. against the pass as well. Wow. So, so I mean, I guess, you know, Vegas could run the ball maybe on Cleveland. Maybe that's mm-hmm. their the angle to keep the ball away from this offense because I think that, you know, Browns are going to score. It's interesting that the move has gone down with the total. You're thinking it's that's weather-related? Yeah, it is. This is, another game. Be, this is another game that I'm looking to play over right before kickoff. Yeah. That's what I mean. I'm thinking there's going to be buyback later. This is almost like a move to try to get it down to buyback later. So I, I like that, too. Now, I will say that we've had a couple comments on the YouTube channel from a rogue a rogue commenter, which I think may be related to our proxy, that he's all over Derek Carr and the MVP, Super Bowl MVP, <laughs> you know, futures. But I don't see uh, Carr making this happen on the road. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, they just – got destroyed by Tampa last weekend was 45 right. to 20 and yeah. you got to figure that the Cleveland offense will be able to put up similar numbers agreed okay well, let's move to the next one this is your your pick of the week from last week carrying over this week the Jets go to the the defending champs Kansas City Chiefs uh Chiefs open as a 21 point favorite at home a total 47 and a half in the contest it's up to 20 uh wow 20 point 20-point favorite at home, but look at that total, 49. I mean, they're just looking at a total blowout situation. Are you still on board with the Jets? And, I mean, we did get a Sam Darnold sighting in the first half last week, but he still sucked in the the last three quarters of that game. Oh, man. I knew you were going to ask me this. (laughs) You set yourself up last week, pal. I I will admit I put some of my own bankroll on the Jets already. Of course you did. It was 21 and a half, which is a whole different story than 20. 
but uh, I, you know, I, there's no way that you could ever convince me to lay 20 in this game for our contest picks. Right. No, no, of course not. All right. At least we're on the same page there. We've no, I'm not saying off. take the cheese. I can't take the cheese with 20 points. I just, I don't see if I can back the Jets. I mean, they played, yeah. I told you last week, I wasn't totally against that pick because I knew the Jets have to win a game this year. I think last week was their shot to win a game. They they mm-hmm. totally screwed it up, especially in the second half. I don't know who they're going to beat. Now, maybe a, a, a Tua Dolphins team, maybe, you know, they have a chance. I don't know the rest of their schedule by heart, but you know maybe they play the Jags or something. I don't know. I mean, they're not going to win many games. So 20 points, them getting skunked 28 to 3 or 35 to 10, that's very possible in this game. But I don't know. I just can't stick with the Jets, at least for yeah. the contest. Anyway. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think the Jets are going to have uh, much of an opportunity to score in this game. And you got to figure looking at the total, they're going to need at least two touchdowns to stay within this mm-hmm. number. And I think right. you're going to be hard-pressed to see that happen. So right. I think All we right. pass. Good. You convinced me. Good call. Good call. All right, next one. Minnesota's going to Green Bay. This is the old black and blue division matchup. Uh, Green Bay is a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home, total being 56 in the opener. But now it's seven points in the to- in the uh, seven-point favorites in the contest. So it's ballooned up. The total's gone to 54. I love this game at six and a half where I see it everywhere else except for the contest action because I think Green Bay is the superior team, although Minnesota's coming off the bye. Seven gives me a little bit of pause, though. Um, maybe I'm misinterpreting there, but normal situation, six and a half is a, is a go for me. But seven, they're obviously playing games with us in the contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. And actually, uh, seeing some six here on right. uh, offshore books, the leaders in the market. Chris is at six. So it certainly looks like there's some play on Minnesota at these higher right. numbers. And it is a division game. Green mm-hmm. Bay trounced them in the first matchup, though. And They did. Uh, I mean, granted, the Minnesota offense has looked a little bit better the last couple of weeks, but... Before the bye, remember, they got beat by that Atlanta Falcons team pretty handedly. I know they did. I I don't like this team. I I don't know if it's the defense that's obviously lost some players over the time, or we talked about Stephon Diggs leaving. I know Jefferson, the rookie's pretty good. But Dalvin Cook's supposed to come back, right? So that is a factor. Mm -hmm. Um, And we kind of talked about how Green Bay may be susceptible to the run game if, if you can get it going. I don't know. It's it's tough. Like it's one of my picks. Like I've got it highlighted as a, a good pick at six and a half. It, that seven just kills me. I know it's just one half a point. It probably won't even come into play. But I like a better number on yeah. this one. Yeah, definitely a phenomenal teaser leg for Green mm. Bay. Oh yeah, definitely have that one on my card already. But uh, I think we can highlight it as a maybe and move on. Okay. A, uh, yeah, the Packers, you know, it just seems like Zimmer is going to get this team up in a spot, and I haven't really been high on the Packers all season. I know you know that. I know you haven't. You're, you've been against me that way. I've been telling the Packers, like, every week. The only time they really – well, they, we took them in a contest against Tampa, and they That's failed right. us. The one time we took them. I know. Um, how about this next one? Chargers are going to Denver. Uh, it opened as a pick. But now in the contest, they're three-point favorites. Denver is a, you know, the total 44.5. It's really stable at 44. Interesting decision here. I, you know, I like this Chargers team. We've talked about them. I love their talent. They did 
did come through and covered against Jacksonville, although it was a little dicey there in the second half. But this offense is starting to hum a little bit. Uh, Denver, I don't know, man. They they played great against the Pats. Sucked last week against the Chiefs. It's definitely not the same level of caliber team in the Chargers between the Chargers and the Chiefs. But you know, is this a chance for Denver to kind of strike back and and take take Herbert down in this spot? I don't think I can bet on the Broncos. I don't. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a great spot for them. And when you look at this number, it's way far off the look ahead. I mean, you've already mm-hmm. seen three points of movement towards the Chargers, and as right. much as I like the way Herbert's been playing and that passing game. They're just not good as favorites, and I prefer not right. to play on them in this situation. So it sounds like a strong pass. I think so. <laughs> good call. That's okay. It wasn't one of my, my picks anyway. Right. I just was. Yeah. All right. This one is, though, the uh, – I'm sorry. Okay, I see it. Not this one. But we can talk about this one. We have to. The the, the Saints are going to go to the, the Bears. They open up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite and a 46-and-a-half-point total. That – and the contest has ballooned up to four and a half, and the total has dropped to 44. Now, I think the Monday night performance by the Bears offense, which was putrid, I know you said it was a tough game. I don't know if you saw the same game I was watching, but uh, <laughs> that Bears offense is terrible, and I think Nagy's the reason, not necessarily Foles. The defense performed adequately for early in that game for the Bears. The Saints kind of got back on track. Their defense isn't that good, though. Um, where do you like four and a half seems just like a big number for this game. I, I don't know if I get back on board with the bears though, either. Oh, I mean, you've seen the move from yeah. two and a half to three, all the way to four and a half. I see some fives on the board as well. Not much of a yeah. difference there, obviously, but I think that, uh, it's the Chicago offense. They are one dimensional. They have no ability yeah. to run the ball and right. defenses can just key in on that pass and, and Foles has just been terrible. He missed Mooney several times on Monday night yes. with open deep balls. And I I think that the play is the Saints here. I know okay. it's an awkward number to lay on the road, but you've seen how good New Orleans has been in their travels in the last year and a half as well. And I can't recall them ever going into Chicago and playing poorly. Right. I mean, not in this era, but I could maybe get on board. Let's look. Let's okay. let's pencil this in as a maybe. Um, it's just it's one of those con, you know confounding situations. Mm-hmm. Like statistically speaking, this number's off, you know. But we all know that the Bears' defense, you know, offense is bad. And I don't know, man. I, I agree that the thing about the Foles missing the deep shots. I don't think it was Foles. It was he's getting hit every time, right? Yeah. He's got no time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that one shot that we were in their own end zone, he just kind of got rid of the ball and missed Mooney. But he probably, if he had like a quarter second more, he could have done it. He's just getting smashed, especially by Aaron Donald. Yeah. So okay, let's put it as a maybe. I mean, I definitely could if it's in our last four, you know, fourth or fifth pick, I can do it. What's your take on Nick Poles throwing Nagy under the bus on Monday night with this greasy conversation? Interesting. I actually don't mind it. I, I mean, I think it's it's probably uncharacteristic of him, meaning Nick Foles. I think he's a team player. But it's true. We've been talking about it for two or three years in the Chicago world. Uh, Nagy's play calling kind of sucks. And, and it definitely, if he's picking plays that are never going to work against the defense, I mean, he should be called out for it. Stop calling the plays, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, let somebody else call the plays and focus on the game management because – 
honestly, I still believe that they don't run the ball ever enough. I don't care if they're bad at running the ball. You can't run the ball eight times in the first half when you're in the game, you know, and then you're basically just chucking in the second half because you're losing. It's the same script that's happened the last two years. Basically, every time they're down any kind of point total, they just chuck the ball every time. So I don't disagree with Foles in that situation. Okay. All right, the next one was that I was getting excited about, San Francisco playing Seattle. You know, obviously we already had a great game on Sunday night. We mentioned about Arizona and Seattle. In this case, Seattle's hosting San Francisco. They opened as a five-point favorite at home, 54-point total. In the contest, it's only three, which I hate Circa for doing that, and a 54-point total. I was all over this game at three and a half, four, five. Three is a good number for Seattle now, right? I mean, it's... It's a shame because I really like the Niners in this spot. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And uh, the way that San Francisco went into New England last week. Right. You got to think that there's an upgrade there, but it may have pushed this number to a territory where you have some value on the Seahawks. Right. I hate to say it with how poor their defense is. I, I really dislike betting against poor def- betting on poor defenses. And, right. Uh, although... I'm not really sure that San Francisco's defense is going to be able to stop Russell Wilson and company on that side no. either. So no, of course not. No, I mean it's it's going to be another shootout situation. Can Jimmy G and the gang keep up? Right? I don't know. I don't know the answer to the question. But divisional game. This is this is really an appropriate line for a divisional game. Yeah. It's just when I first saw the opening numbers, I was pretty excited, you know, about the contest pick, and now. I'm backing off. I think it's going to be a fun game. Definitely a fun game to watch. Now, one question I had for you was, is Jamal Adams going to play this week, or is it going to be he's out still? Great question. I last heard that he's um, questionable. Let me pull it up here. That is a key factor and definitely something yeah. worth looking at before we talk about this more on Saturday. Right. Wow, they have a laundry list of injuries. There's a lot of questionable people on the Seahawks list here. It's still early. They got to see if they practice tomorrow. Well, we'll see. Maybe we can talk about this more okay. on Saturday. I, I again, I. It's too. It's a shame. I like to. I like to be involved in those bigger games like this. You know, like we were last week with the Cardinals. I mean, it was fun to, <laughs> to be white knuckling that thing, but. And we'll see. The other thing about San Francisco the last two years, they've played great on the road. Yeah. I don't know what is with this team. They don't play as well in Levi Stadium. They play better on the road. So that's the other reason why I wouldn't mind backing uh backing the Niners if, you know, we decide. So Yeah, I mean we'll see. they won the division in Seattle last year. So mm-hmm. they certainly mm-hmm. have the recent history there. Um what do you think about the loss of Debo Samuel? Do you think that is gonna downgrade the San Francisco offense in this matchup? It definitely does. I mean, they were using him so effectively, you know, on those kind of bubble screens and running the ball. He's kind of an X factor. You can definitely play that same role, but I think it's more of those running backs. You know, who's going to be the running back this week? Now, granted, they've is I mean, Coleman might even be back this week. I'm not sure, but I, I don't think so. I, I'm reading it's going to be Hosty or Hasty. Oh wow! I'll never say okay. Name, right? So yeah, 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 Hasty. Yeah, well, I mean. That's another angle. I, I don't know who they're going to put back there. I mean, they'll pull some guy off the street and he'll start running for 200 yards against everybody. True. Yeah, it should be a fun game regardless whether we make that a pick or not. All right, let's talk about it. The Cowboys, man, 
wow, this team is garbage. They're going to the Eagles, and right now we don't have a line. You don't have lines for anybody else except for the contest line, which is ballooned to nine and a half. I have seen it. I thought it was going to be like seven, six and a half, seven, because it's not like the Eagles are that great either. Um, man, I, uh, you know, numerically speaking, obviously the Cowboys should, you should take the Cowboys into points, but this team has quit. I mean, I don't even know what to say. They got manhandled in, uh, in Washington. Obviously, do we even know if Dalton's going to play? He's, he's out, right? Well, uh, I think this line tells you, and actually it's popped up pretty much all across the board now, eight and a half, mm. nine. Yeah. And I think that is your story. It's likely that Danucci is going to be a quarterback and Dalton <laughs> is continue to be in the concussion protocol. I think with Dalton, you're probably looking at more of the seven range. So right. if, if you think the drop-off to Danucci is uh, two and a half <laughs> points, that's probably why it landed in that spot. Danucci, do you have any do – you, would, you, would you go the other way and take the Eagles here? I think that uh, this is a one-way look, and it's going to be yeah. Philadelphia. I don't think you could ever talk me into backing the Cowboys after that performance last week. They couldn't protect Dalton again. Predictably, mm-hmm. the Washington defensive line got after him, and the, I don't yep. think that they have any chance of moving the ball. The Eagles have an equally good defensive line, and their only option is to hand off the ball to Zeke. and He's not running well. He's got fumble-itis, and I don't right. think that they're going to be able to run much against this Eagles D-line. Well, the Eagles, I mean, they've been able to score the last three weeks. I mean, Carson Wentz is putting the ball up to whoever name receiver you've got out there, Fulgham or, mm-hmm. you know, some backup tight end. Richard Rodgers is catching the ball. It doesn't matter who he's throwing to. And so they're going to score points. I just don't know how many. I think they'll score more than 10. I don't know if Dallas is going to score. So I hear you. I think Philly's the right side there. It's just a big number for our contest pick. But right. a lot of these numbers are big for us to pick. So we'll have to figure out some of them. Yep. All right, last game, Tampa, uh, they are going on the road to the Giants. You, you mentioned this COVID outbreak for the offensive line, which probably plays into the number because Tampa opened up at 9.5 on the road, 47.5 point total. In the contest, it's all the way up to 12.5. You don't see that number anywhere, 47 point total. you got to attribute this to the COVID situation, right? And, and that's you know, that, off, that defensive line for Tampa is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, the Tampa defensive line has been playing lights out the past couple of weeks. Started with, against the Packers and continued on the road in Las Vegas last week. And uh, I think that the Giants were going to have a hard time protecting Daniel Jones even with a full offensive line. So if yeah. one, or two, or any of these offensive linemen are out, I think that this is a smash Tampa Bay spot. Uh, sure. You've also seen Tom Brady re-enter himself into the MVP race with a couple of great performances, and I expect he'll be looking to continue that in this game. Yeah, I think they're going to dominate. I mean, it's a shame because I think the Giants are actually playing a little bit better the last couple of weeks. They probably should have beat you know, the Eagles the week before or last week, True. and they've been a little bit more competitive, I suppose, but it's hard to go against TV12 right now, and especially in the big spot on Monday night. I mean, they laid an egg against the Bears on Thursday night football, but that's a short turnaround for the old man. This one, he gets extra time and extra rest. So mm-hmm. I guess if any side, we'd, we'd be taking Tampa, which you know, another favorite spot. What else is new? The only difficult part of this one for us is just going to be the unknowns in all likelihood mm-hmm. come Saturday when we need to lock this pick in, whether or not they actually play this week. So we'll have to right. wait that. 
Right. Well, let's review, uh, obviously, the Circa. We have been kind of progressing to the mean, as they say. Uh, we went 2-3 and three last week. After seven weeks, we're 19-16, and 16, which is still 54%. It's about winning if you're betting, but not in the contest. Mm-hmm. Drops us to, a, unfortunately, 1,102nd place. And then in the second quarter, we're getting crushed, 1970, 1977th. So, you know, we'll, we'll we'll obviously try to regroup for a third quarter, much like last year. Let's see if we can do better. I still think 54% is decent, you know, overall. We obviously had a really good first four weeks. Now let's see if we can strike back. We've talked already a little bit. Um, looks like, I, I don't know, did I put that Detroit game down there? Maybe I did. Um, you did? <laughs> Detroit at two and a half, maybe, as a possibility. I don't know if I can back them. I know you love them. Uh, Cincinnati plus six, although it's, is it five and a half? I didn't update this. Yeah. Five and a half in the contest. Um, I still think that's a, that's a possibility there. Um, we've got, I won't get on board with your Jets, buddy. I know you got that, the Jets plus 20 in the Kansas City that, not for the contest, man. Can't do it. (laughs) Um, I put Green Bay minus seven and a half. Now it's at seven. I, I don't feel as good about that number. That's why this, this contest is tough, man. Mm-hmm. And then um, I definitely like the Browns at the two and a half. Although you think, what does it say? Like AG's well. What is that? What is that uh, note? Like as well, I think. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Okay, good. We're both on the Browns. Uh, this 49ers, you know, at Seattle. Mm, that three, that three is not a good number. So we'll have to debate that one. Maybe we will go on the Seattle side for Ridgeway's sake. Mm-hmm. And then I guess I'll back off the Dolphins pick now that, you know, we know two is going to start. And the number was only, it's only three and a half now, right? Yeah. I think we could talk about that one a little more. I don't know that two yeah. is necessarily a non-starter, but okay. we can talk Saturday. And then you also added Tampa 12 and a half at the Giants, which, you know, I can see that, see that now. Did we, we talked about something. Well, we also talked about Pittsburgh. We didn't put it on the list mm-hmm. here. Uh, Pittsburgh getting the four points on the road seems like a solid pick. We also highlighted both Buffalo and New Orleans in our discussion. Right, right, that's true. Both kind of picking on the <laughs> the weak offenses in those situations and defenses for for the Patriots in that case. Well, we've got several to choose from. I guess we'll have to narrow this narrow it down to just sharpen our pencils a little bit. Action. Yeah, no real slam dunks in our conversation this week. Although Cleveland could maybe be put into that basket but right more time for research and probably more time for more covid positives unfortunately between now and saturday so things could change drastically that's right absolutely we'll see what happens um okay well great well this weekend obviously it's halloween you you're you're talking uh was that on the pod i guess it might have been yes that you're going to do this potential you know, hiking, uh, climbing in the dark. That's exciting. <laughs> I can't say I'm not, I'm not doing anything exciting like that. Action. I, I may carve a pumpkin. I may not. It's kind of oh. disappointing with all the stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, two years ago had an, an awesome party, which you attended is we haven't talked about him. Duffel bag boy, the duffel bag better. Made an appearance two years oh, ago. Well, Rutgers has only played one game this year, so there's still time for <laughs> duffel bag boy to come out of the woodwork with his duffel bag of cash. But did they cover? They played well, right? Yeah, they won in East Lansing last week. Exactly. So there you go. And we didn't talk about the Indiana Hoosiers and Michael Penix uh-huh. with the stretch into the pylon for the huge victory. First upset exactly. over a top 10 team in 30 plus years for the Hoosier football squad. 
Yeah, I'm thinking that there might have been a in the replay booth. There might have been a Hoosier working <laughs> the replay booth because that was really. I don't know if he scored there. I mean, I'm. I love. We we talked about that guy. We all last year, love that guy. Made an incredible play. Love that they went for two in the win and and everything, and then they did get it. But man, that was it was a little close there. Action. It was a little close. We'll take <laughs> I it. I know your dad was excited. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. All right, well, that wraps up our episode for the Side Action Podcast. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and, and also on YouTube. Follow me at uh, Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, thanks, everybody. Good luck this week. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. License under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.